following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Steve Dennis. All right, here's the deal. Tony Pollard took the opening kickoff 54 yards to the Denver 47 Sunday, uh, straight up noon. And after that, the Cowboys did nothing good, competitive, worth watching, or had the look of a Super Bowl contending team in any way. And that's what happened. Welcome everybody to Media Mash. <laughs> we're gonna call this we're gonna call this an hour therapy session, and I think we've got the perfect group of therapists. And I may or may not explain that in a minute from my point of view, because I could get in trouble. But Jane Slater, right what here an opening. from the NFL Network. Yeah. Jory Epstein from USA Today, fresh off the airplane from New York because, no, was it New York? D.C. D.C. It might have should been we, New York. Should we tell her why? It might have been New York, and Jory just lost track of all these places she's be, going. Because she had a book signing. Well, she's a very accomplished writer and she's, journalist. She's a rock star. She and she's a longhorn, so I'm not shocked. <laughs> so she had a book signing, which means, did they line up like hundreds of thousands Hundreds of thousands. And and if so, I must have missed most of them. <laughs> so two hours into it, you're starting to grumble, if I have to sign one more book. <laughs> May we have that problem. That would be a great problem. And, of course, have. Rob Phillips, Cowboys Media, here as well. The reason why I could get in trouble is because um, most guys, I think, don't do well with therapy. Uh, anytime I was ever confronted with it, I was out. Now, women, women are good at it. Which is why I never wanted to do it with my spouse, because she would kick my ass in it. So I had to stay away from it. See? Now, I don't know if that's sexist or not. It's just a general feeling I have that women are better at therapy than men, especially when it's men and women together. What do you think, Slater? You am guys I, decide. I'm am I close? Honest. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Yeah. Yes. I, I can speak from personal experience that women uh, enjoy sharing their feelings, exactly. understanding their feelings more so than men. Men like to sort of bury and then deal with later. Yes. yes. And and whenever the questions start coming up, it's kind of, you know, looking at the watch and okay. I would uh, agree with that. Yeah. Guys are more stoic, you know? Yeah. Okay, Our wives good. beg us Jory? to share feelings. I think, I think we're working on changing the perceptions, though, and like what we as a society have done to cause that. I think so you're right. I'm Which is a good thing. About the no, I think you're right. And, and your generation is doing a much better job than mine and the one before me, et cetera, well, and et cetera. look at Dak Prescott. He's, yeah. I yeah. think he's sort of been at the forefront of all of this, talking I, about the importance of sharing your feelings. And about yes. Calvin Ridley stepping away from the game, dealing with his mental health. And that is so good for guys. Because guys have needed that forever. You're a deep well. I mean, there's come, a lot there to there's come a lot of, there to discuss. I, I think you cave. might benefit from it, Steve. <laughs> come out of the cave, Neanderthal, <laughs> and listen a little bit. But now guys are pretty good with therapy amongst other guys. Now my golf buddies, I can get them off any level. I was gonna say, what what is define therapy? <laughs> well, like, you, yeah, usually alcohol is involved yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. But but anyway, we I wanted to get that to, as our starting point because we are gonna. This is gonna do, be a fun one. Well, we're, 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 <laughs> gonna, we're gonna now do that we've got that settled. some big picture therapy here and and we'll let the uh the ladies lead a little bit here uh in this hour uh big picture reaction what sense rob you've been doing it for three days already <laughs> I apologize to you but what sense can each of us make of it in our own way Slater Jane, why don't you go first? What sense can you make of what you saw Sunday? I'm sorry that fans and uh, my media brethren had to watch this one in person. I got to just go and dive into the condensed NFL Game Pass version because I was in Cabo celebrating my birthday. And Bobby Belt pointed oh, out this she week was in Cabo. when somebody associated with the Cowboys goes to Cabo, things just don't go well uh, for everyone, you know? True. You got oh. Zeke, Tony Romo in the oh. postseason. So I apologize. There's three, so the streak's over. I just, I tend to think. And I'm a glass half full person anyways. I tend to think this was just one of those any given Sundays, Broncos got lucky. Uh, likely, like a lot of us, overlooked the fact that this defense, I mean, Vic Fangio is Vic Fangio, but you saw what they were able to do against the Chargers and Brandon Staley, who's a disciple. Uh, but without Von Miller, you sort of thought, 
well, and you got Teddy Bridgewater under center. My colleague James Palmer covers this team, and there hasn't been much to write home about. I wouldn't say that the Cowboys just completely overlooked them, but I do think, you know, when we started this week last week, I think we had talked about this. They spent more time on the tape, focused on the penalties. It was sort of that late night turnaround from Minnesota. Uh, and I do think that if you that if you really sort of assess this, because I even went to my research department and was asking, you just realize the importance of Tyron Smith. I mean, the fact that Dak Prescott was under duress for the majority of that game, uh, I think says a lot about Tyron Smith's importance. And I think it gives you pause as you sort of move forward. And those entries have sort of been popping up a lot here lately. But I tend to think that even with Terrence still, you know, it took him a little bit to sort of get into the groove over there on the right side. If they're going to stick with this plan, because it doesn't sound like Tyron Smith is going to be there uh, this weekend, you know, maybe an extra week of practice for Terrence and getting some help from the guys uh, will serve him well. I just don't expect a repeat performance of this. In fact, I went back and looked at the notes. They haven't lost in consecutive weeks since 2017 uh, at home. So I tend to think that was one of those outlier games. And I actually think, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, guys. This was good for it to happen at this point in the season against an AFC team, a little bit of a gut check. And as uh, Micah Parsons says, it was a slap in the face. Not that I think they necessarily needed it. This team doesn't strike me as a team that got too high on themselves. But I think it was a healthy reminder of the um, the importance of really, really being on your game, particularly when you look at the NFC East and how close things are. I mean, let's, let's, let's react to Jane before we go to Jory and then Rob. Um, see, at that point of view, I'm not a fan of. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that Mike, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy wasn't either. either. Yeah. He said, need this. I didn't need well, to feel like this. Yeah, I said this to my wife watching it. I said, oh, great. Now we're going to get the, oh, we needed a wake-up call. <laughs> we needed a piece of humble pie. See, that's all I don't, crap and, and to To me. clarify, though, Steve, I said I don't think that they need – I don't think this team got too high on themselves, but I do think it it is a healthy reminder, and it's happening at a good point in the season when yeah. you look at the schedule ahead. Yeah, I think that, again, do you want this to happen? No, but I think you need something to just kind of keep the energy going, keep something fresh. And I think that what's interesting about this is it wasn't like – okay, they fumbled the ball three times, or like there's one guy who kept getting beat. This was really across the board. This was a game in which several people, including Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, said we were not the more physical team this week, and we have been. That's been our calling card, our MO throughout the whole season. And I think when you get to that, we talked to safety Jaron Curse today, and I said, how do you? what's the key to being physical? And it was kind of interesting. He said that physicality is about the mindset, which I feel like it's a little bit inception here that like <laughs> the physical is about the mental. That said, I think it's like, no, now they've got the extra energy. It's no longer the bi-week rest. You know, we know how well Dak does when he's fired up. And I think that they have a lot of the pieces, as Jane was saying, to correct this at the right time. And they want to be playing their best football come late November into December in playoffs. And that's what they needed. It did seem like a bit of a collective conspiracy meaning that nobody was good except Micah. Whenever the Cowboys needed a big play to be made, Amari dropped it, or CD dropped it, or Nashon touched the block punt, or it, it, it was like all of them just decided, eh, you know, and they, they, there's nobody is free of the ugliness, including the coaching, and we can talk more about well, it. Well, real quick, I wanted to jump on something that Jory said, because Jory knows Dak pretty well uh, over the years, I think. Some of us have had the opportunity to sort of get to know Dak away from uh, the football field. I always feel like he does really, really well when people doubt him. And because so many people have spoken so highly of him and his return. And, and again, not that he needs this. Right. But I, f- I just have always felt like he's the type of guy like Tom Brady that is always looking for a little bit of bulletin board material for another reason uh, to prove himself. And, of course, I can't tell you it's amazing growing up in this city and, you know, everyone being a Cowboy fan, how many people want to weigh and see, there's the Dak that we told you about. And I, it just amazing. I'm like, what sort of sample size do you need to see from Dak to realize that this guy is special and he's doing, you know, big things? And this was one of their worst games they'd had in their centers. And I think you go back to week four in 2019 is what I wrote down against New Orleans. But I think that this is good for Dak. Not again, not that Dak needed it, right. but I always feel like Dak really comes out firing on all cylinders when people doubt him. How have you made sense of it since Monday, Rob? Real quick, I agree with that because I remember going back two or three years, and it might have been Landon Collins with the Giants said, "Hey, we," they were getting ready for this matchup, and he said, "You know, we want the ball in Dak's hands." 
and he said challenge accepted, and he went out and he played great. I think he he looks for things. He looks for things to get motivated about. I think we're going to see a much much better Dak Prescott this week. Uh, and the good news, if there was good news, the calf was fine because he was running around quite <laughs> a bit more than he probably wanted to because he was getting pressured a lot. I think I wrote actually about glass half full, glass half empty to Jane's point this week. I'm more on the glass half full because I do think I think you respect your opponent, but I think they did after that win in Minnesota, emotional win without Dak, best defenses played in a couple of years, I think, best win in the McCarthy era. I think there may be a little bit too. Yeah, they 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 breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, a little bit that they got that done without Dak. And man, I mean, can we be beat? You know, uh, even without our best player. So I think there is some of that. And the Broncos played their ass off and played great and had a great game plan and give them credit. Um, I, I think, like Jory said, I think they'll be more physical going forward. I think that is their calling card because they're not the most talented defense in the league necessarily. They play really, really hard and they're really well coached and all those things have to come together. And it's also a team that has really been complimentary. The offense needs the defense to get takeaways at times. The defense needs the offense to chew up time of possession and kind of control the pace of the game. Time of possession was rough. It was Third lowest in franchise history at home. That's crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So a lot of things went wrong. I do think there are some things that make you raise your eyebrows, you know? We'll get into them. Yeah. There's a couple things that, like, going forward, it's like they've got to get this fixed. It's not necessarily just about – effort or whatever you want to I call just it. always feel like when the wheels come off the bus in Dallas it starts with that offensive line yeah I mean think about the years where this team has really struggled and it's the offensive line in fact I went again to our research department 40 percent increase in third down pressure when Tyron Smith is not there on the left side Dak sacked almost two times more frequently in the red zone without Tyron his pressure rate doubles that's how important he is so it sounds like Tyron Smith is coming back after the but I really think they need to start thinking about not contingency plans, but they need a better backup for tires. And maybe this is good that you're getting a bunch of guys in the offensive line, some position flex, uh, and some war- some meaningful reps. But I just always go back to that Atlanta game. The burning of Atlanta. Oh, oh. gosh. Right. Tyron Smith wasn't in that one. Let's stay a little broad before we get more specific. And, and uh, my point of view, real quick, is three-pronged uh, on making sense of it. Number one, it's the NFL. And, and we all know that. That's why we love sports. It's never perfect. Any sport. It's why the best golfers in the world play at Augusta and shoot 66, 66, 77. It, it, it just happens. It's, it's the unperfect nature of the game. And we all have covered the NFL long enough to understand that. Look at Buffalo losing 9-6 to six at Jacksonville. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. But it happened. <laughs> All right, number two, they caught a bug in Minneapolis. My biggest point about the Vikings game was that Minnesota had no energy. They gave the Cowboys a huge break in that game. They laid down and did nothing, and the Cowboys came home with that bug, whatever it was. Uh, They they caught a lethargy bug. They caught from the Vikings up there. Uh, They brought it to A&T Stadium. And my third thing is where – you know, this is where negative Steve comes in. Because <laughs> I, I knew he was going to well, show his sh- sh- rear his little ugly head I, at some I always point. look at things that way. There's no doubt in my mind that they showed arrogance in this football game. And you brought up Cabo mm-hmm. you, why are you? in 07. Mm-hmm. That's what brought him down in the playoff game against the Giants when they came back from Cabo. They were arrogant. And if you look at the play, I'm talking top to bottom. Kellen Moore was arrogant. Well, going for the McCarthy was arrogant. Remember the Broncos talked about the fact they went for it on fourth. <laughs> yes, well, twice, and how they considered that so disrespectful. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater used that as motivation in the huddle. Now the first one we we can all agree on. It was fourth and one at the yeah. 38 for crying out loud. Right. It's a long field what goal. Was it? But yeah. the second one, fourth that and one two at the 20. That's yes. arrogant. Yes. Get the field goal. Ah. It's a scoreless football game. Well, that would have been what a 55 yard field goal. No, the second one was from the 20. That would have been a 37-yard yeah. field goal. The first one would have been 55. Yeah. Okay, I, I marked that as arrogant. Hang on, hey, just real quick. I, I, I agree with you. There's there's probably there's definitely confidence bordering, bordering on overconfidence with that. 
but they're the best offense in the league. Right. And you were considering but that, they, they that you were not giving way. a lot of you were not giving a lot of respect to their defensive front either. I mean, you're, you didn't expect Justin Simmons to come out the way that he did across that line. I mean, Justin right. Simmons had a hell but, of but a let, me, let me finish my little case here on arrogance. Okay. Uh, their third possession. Of. <laughs> their, their, <laughs> Just kidding. Their third possession, third and one. <laughs> At the 45, their own 45, third and one, they call a pass play. Complete arrogance. Fourth possession, third and seven at their own 45, they call a deep pass play. More arrogance. This is why they're not moving the chains. Uh, Fifth possession, they've got a first down at the 44, and they go pass, pass, pass. They're establishing nothing. And I'm putting this on Kellen Moore. Uh, and then after the block punt, which was unfortunate, uh, they were arrogant again in their sixth possession to start the half. Uh, they pass it on third, on third and one, and Amari dropped it. What are you doing throwing the ball there? Get the chains moving. You're down 16 to nothing, or 19 to nothing, actually. Uh, so... My concern with this... At least they're not boring this year, Steve. You, and, well, listen, you've been on this. This is what you like different about this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have chemistry. They they play for each other. They have confidence. They're hungry. I call it confidence. I was going to say, like, to get philosophical on everyone here... Where where do you want the confidence to stop to not turn into arrogance if you think this is arrogant? Because I think that a lot of this confidence has won them these games. A lot of this confidence what is got the reason built. that they've been able to overcome adversity, to win late, to stay neutral, as they say. And Dak talked about that. He's like, like we didn't think we were going to lose, not because they thought that Denver was a bad team, but just because I think you, to go into this game— they believe they have to always believe okay. that they're going to be the best. So where that. do you I don't stop? think I don't think I agree with her because Patriots Vikings if you're not a little confident in yourself, no, a little bit of arrogance, you don't get that win on the road. It's never on the players. It's never on the players. Arrogance is never on the players. This is on McCarthy, just like it was on Wade Phillips in 07. Get as far away from football as you can during the bye week. You earned a bye during the playoffs. Get away from just complete arrogance. I that don't they, know about that. That they could come back and dial it up but he, I, after laying after on a last, beach. After last year, Steve, though, I also think, and, you know, again, I've told you I've talked to former Packers players, the one thing they love about Mike is they've always felt like he was a player's coach in the sense that he really respects the way they take care. He makes sure they take care of their bodies. And especially when you look at some of these injuries, the way that they're popping up lately, maybe you want somebody that's being careful. With I, I think what he did, he was, he was building currency with the players by allowing that. I mean, when my bosses gave me Cabo off this weekend, I want to run through a wall for him. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, but, a, but your my performance is, won't be as good when so, you come back. But my point, it's been, it's been spot on this week, <laughs> So Steve. far on this my, show, but, it's okay. But my point is, when it's a long season, <laughs> I think players appreciate that. So I don't know if I'm using that as an example. All right, here, here's I what, mean, do you think that Sean Payton was arrogant last year when they went to the playoffs and he didn't want them having any... OTAs because of COVID, go hang out with your family, is, whatever, is, and then they were able to go I, deep in the I think Sean Payton has been arrogant ever since he left Dallas, so the answer is Well, yeah. he won a Super Bowl, though, <laughs> but, but he's done pretty Both well. Both of them there. have. Yeah, true. So I'm going to give him some some runway there. This has been his MO in terms of managing players. He did it today. He, rest, he, he scaled back several veterans' work, and not all the guys were injured. Zach Martin's not injured. Just that's how he handles it. And this is coming off a blowout, stunning, embarrassing loss. That's so a different thing, though. I'm talking about a mentality that you're so good that you don't have to do well, the little things. I don't know if it's and, that. I think it's managing the season. Well, now, well, that's a bigger thing that's, that's a bigger discussion. Like we saw how much this team flopped without Dak last year, mm-hmm. and then I feel like they took so much energy and mustered it in Minnesota to say we're doing this without Dak. We're all rising to the occasion. And then I don't know that it's that, oh, I'm not going to play hard this week, but it's almost like because they were rising to the occasion on account of Dak being gone last week, it's kind of like, oh, like, he's back. Dad's he's back. back like, and you take a deep yeah. breath. Yes, he's, that's he's what I think. Okay. So it's not yeah. like a, we and they spent, to play and we and don't And once care. again, that's a coaching problem to me, not a player problem. You can't mm. let that happen. Well, no, and, hang, hang on, though. I, I, do, I hear what you're saying, but I players will say it, too. It's not just McCarthy saying it. Is he's been talking to them all season about handling success. Agreed. He understands right. This town, he's been in Green Bay. This is even Don't worse. Okay. What I would you say know, is they're not listening because they okay. didn't. But let me tell you this. What did we I talk about last week? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Last week, I, I made a very. I was going to say. He was done. 
Go I, ahead. I made a very strong point really. that th- this team has the coaching advantage. They outcoach. They got outcoached this game by Vic Fangio for crying out loud. And Shermer. Shermer for crying out loud, who who's on the edge of getting fired in Denver every game he plays. It see, I think that McCarthy just you know, and the Chiefs have been playing bad football, right? My point of view on that is when you show that kind of lethargy and and you can't get out of a funk, you're not working hard enough. My case is the Cowboys didn't work hard enough <laughs> last some, week. You had some curious takes today, Steve. That, it's <laughs> That's the that's the story of the NFL. If a player is not performing and he doesn't seem to have the energy, he's not spending the work during the week. What the hell would you say it was the first I half of the season against some of their opponents? Now all of a sudden the sky is falling because of one sky's game? not falling. I mean, I'll if you look at their body of work in the first half falling. of the season, I don't think any of us saw them winning the games that they won or doing what they did against Tampa in, in week one. That's why for me... I'm just looking at, now if they go and lay an egg against the Falcons right, and then they be a different then thing. then I think we have a real conversation and maybe I don't think, they, I don't I'm think it's crow. any different whether they did it this week next I, week or two in well, a row. One thing I agree with you it's with concerning. is offensively they tried to make up a big loss or big deficit quickly by taking deep shot Archer and I were talking about this with with Hellman after the game it's like it's like a 20 point deficit in basketball and you're just jacking threes and trying to get all it back right. at once. Yeah. They did try to do that. And some of it's based off of their confidence the equity they've built up this year that they can do it. that they can yeah. do it and i don't necessarily blame them for that there's also a lot of weird stuff that happened in that game they they drop passes i don't know if that's just lack of focus or effort i think it was pressure up front some of it too and yeah. i think given some of the injuries that dak has had this year i'm not going to say that he's timid or was consciously thinking about some of that stuff but he was under duress most of the game without question and so i think that that caused some timing some alignment issues and i still feel like the move of terrence still over there to left side i mean i think he's done a really great job on the right but to assume that he can just add another thing to his plate like i would have had a little bit more confidence in lael who's been a veteran in the league played on the left side and just continued to keep terrence still on the on the right that to me if you want to talk a little arrogance maybe up like oh we've done such a good job of getting him ready for right we can just easily slide him over left. You're asking him to replace one of your best players on the offensive line. That's a tall task for a kid All like right, Terrence Steele. We're going to get to that more specific here. Uh, just to wrap up the general view, though, arrogance is not a bad thing. Like you guys have all said, this is good for him. It's good for Buffalo to go to Jacksonville and not even show up. It was good for New England last year to get run by the Saints 38-3, to I think, when they were 6-2. and two. Bucks but, lost, The Bucks lost to a backup quarterback in Trevor Simeon in the Dome is, last weekend. Like, it, that was a crazy one. It is arrogance. And and the good teams have to fight it. And that's what McCarthy's been talking about all along. Now it's in their face. Now they're going to be hungrier. That You're allowed to slip. Again, it's why the best golfers can shoot 63 and then 83. They're not as focused, period. And the t- Anyway. Uh, but don't you think that th- this group of of players, I mean, J. Ron Curse, Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch, Dak Prescott, I mean, go down the list. They are such a mentally stronger group this year than the group we were talking about last year. Absolutely. And well, just last even year. Trayvon Diggs, I, I look at the mindset of some of these players, if you want to get into the philosophical and the therapy sessions, I don't think that these guys are hanging their heads and woe is me. If anything, I think this is just hyper motivating to these guys and it's fire in their belly. I just I look at this group as a group that will really respond to a loss like that. Maybe yeah, that's not, just me. And on that philosophical note, I think we're this is getting really philosophical. Get ready. I think we're oversimplifying the human psyche if we're just like this is just arrogance. Like sometimes we're just a little bit off, and it's not oh because we think we're so great. Like I woke up a little off yesterday. It was fine a few hours later, but like sometimes it just happens, and I think that. They can wake up a little off and not totally be ready, and it doesn't mean that like they just took Denver lightly. Now, Jerry said he took Denver lightly, and he said he had the overconfidence. He never thought he was going to lose, and that he felt like the players played lackadaisical. But I think that it's just a little more complex what mentally goes into it. All right, let's, let's get to our break. I, I agree with you. That's why I don't ever put it on the players. I think your leader can't let that happen. I think that's over. And, and, I, and I'm Agreed. not sure— <laughs> 
And I'm not sure that we thought that it could happen to this team. And now that it has, let's talk about This is his wife when she when forward. he comes home with his hot take. She's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to agree with you on this, Steve. Yeah, well, uh, it, there's not a word said in that situation uh, a, a lot of times. All right, let's get a little more specific on uh, some issues that came up and see where the three beat writers, Jane and Rob and Jory, fall on it. Next on Media Mash. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back back, back, to Media Mash. Welcome back to Media Bash. I'm Steve Dennis. Jane Slater's here. Jory Epstein's here. Rob Phillips is here. Now we can get more specific off of the broad brush idea. Um, yeah, this will just be another game at the end of it, we we think. But it also makes you think, ooh, could they show that again well, you also get, when it matters? You get one buy. You get one buy in the yeah. NFC, and there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Yeah. You don't want to give away games if you if you can't. You don't you want to be that off uh, ever again. All right, let's let's go for it. Go for it. For, go for it. Uh, McCarthy defended it. Uh, he doesn't even con- he was shocked at you guys when the question was asked that it was an aggressive nature. What aggressive? Dak too. He was like. If had someone tried to take me out, I would have told them they couldn't. I needed to be in there, and this, that's how you build character. And I'm like, if you're hurt, it's harder to build character on the field, sir. <laughs> All right, we'll mash that up amongst the three of you. Where do you fall on uh, three, what was it, three of the first four possessions? He goes for it uh, on fourth down uh, one or two. Uh, and two of them were on that side of the field. One was on their own side. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on McCarthy? He he's turned into McVeigh. He's I mean Staley. They're all just go 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 these days. Well, who who do we assign it to? Because right, Mike McCarthy told me when I asked the question early in the season, if you call it, you install it, or if you install it, you call it. So is that a Kellen? And then you get a sign off from Mike because when we talked about special teams and Fossil. That's Fossil, not Mike McCarthy. So, mm. so how much blame do we assign McCarthy there? Uh, or, you know, we don't ever really knock Kellen Moore. And I'm not saying he's deserving of the finger pointing here. But is that a Kellen Moore thing? Is that a Kellen Moore decision? Or is that a Mike decision? I don't know. Do you guys know? I think it always would fall on the head coach when it's when it's a decision to go for it, especially on that side of the field. And then, I, I and then don't Kellen think, comes up with his best play in that scenario. Yeah, yeah, I would think that because he knows he's going to have to answer you guys. It, I would, But I would say that we knocked the former regime for playing so vanilla, so conservative, and in some cases going for it has paid off for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
you know, not again, I'm going to not use the word arrogance because I disagree with you on that. But I think. What's a better word? Let's come up with a better word. Confidence has positive. Well, confidence is completely positive. Arrogance is positive and negative. There's nothing wrong with a little arrogance. What's positive about arrogance? There's nothing wrong with a little arrogance. If you read the Stoics, arrogance. All it is is confidence on steroids. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, overconfidence. I think confidence, confidence is all positive. I'm going to all... bring you a Robert Green book that talks all about arrogance. But I think that's letting them off the hook by comparing arrogance to confidence. But, but, I mean, we could deep dive right? this. It's semantics at because this point, the ar- to you, what but... makes arrogant negative is its confidence with with something else. This is therapy, right? though. I just I think given the confidence of this team, these players truly believe that they'll be successful and right. converting on on fourth down. And so if you've got a team that's confident and you've got a coaching staff that believes in them and they've shown you positive effects of going for it, I can understand why they would, especially against this Broncos team who early on you to Jerry Jones's credit, said you sort of overlooked. All right. Well, if all I mean, that's I think true, that they learned as the game went on. Maybe did, this is not a team. How are the discussions going this week? And I'm curious what y'all think. Like, let's say that we were able to know statistically that they weren't going to make most of their fourth down attempts, but the confidence was going to give you all of these other opportunities in the game because of that belief, then is it worth it? Because I think so. If you're doing something that shows your players that you believe in them and it doesn't work in that moment, but the bigger picture, it net raises the team and its ability. I agree. And That's actually a good point. Mike has actually said that too. Yeah. You want to instill belief in your players. Now you're, you're the head coach. Ultimately, you have to scale it back if you think it, don't think it's even if Dak's pushing you to do it, if you don't think it's right, that's your call that's and, it's right. your, and it's your responsibility. All right. But I had... The whole league is doing this. The whole league is going for it more than they ever have. It's not arena football yet, but it's it, it's the way it's going. McCarthy's always been this way, in part because he's always had a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and now he's got Dak Prescott, who's becoming a great quarterback. I, I had no problem with the first one. Second one, eh, I might have taken the points, but it was there. If Cedric, if Dak makes a better throw that he can make in his sleep to Cedric Wilson, it's a conversion, and we're not talking about this. I, and given I, their success I would say, on the road last weekend with the backup quarterback, you've got all the confidence in the world in this team. I would say the arrogance came up on the second one because you, you didn't think the three points mattered. It's a scoreless game, and you're telling the other team, ah, our three points don't matter That's here. fair. That's fair. See, that, that yeah. is something other than confidence. It, and plus, it was a fourth and two at the 20. And, and now Denver does get some energy from that. And they did because it, they it went was, right down the yeah. field. Uh, and I think that there is, there is a fine line there. I'm with all of you on that. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I, would, I would not like to be called arrogant. Because I don't think I've ever been that. I've always been confident. So I understand what you're saying. Um, but I think there you're just telling Denver, three points don't matter. Get the lead and play a football game uh, instead of thinking that you're playing a middling team. Isn't that the kind of stuff that Jason Garrett got killed for, though? That's what I've for, just been saying. For like, 10 years? Well, he was too conservative? He got a little sassy the last Vanilla, two years. Vanilla, too conservative, predictable. It's yeah. right, it's right if it works. It's right. And if it we're works. not talking about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and my thing is it's one thing if you say like I just need you to believe in what you're doing the whole time. Like I don't want you to waver and be like if it failed like you're right we were wrong. And I was just looking back at this. This is from I was going to have you guys guess what game is, but I'll just tell you. So McCarthy's saying, the conservative play there is to kick the field goal. I clearly recognize it was a three-point game. I just felt it would have been a huge momentum play for us and we want to have the mindset. He was saying that First game of his Cowboys tenure when they went for it on fourth down at the Rams week one last year. And it didn't work. But I was like, you know what? He's standing by it. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. And I think that that belief system, even though it at times seemed crazy last year when they were losing all these games and they didn't have Dak and COVID and injuries, he stuck with. And you got to give him some credit for how it's worked this year. And I even, you know, going back to his just belief in players, I mean, your belief that Terrence still is so good at right, you're not giving Lel his job back. Like, what does that do for a second year player? But were you not giving him his job back or were you saying like ease into it a little bit because you But I think the message was very clear that we're a competitive team now, right? Right. But it, oh, to yeah, me, yeah. for the second-year player, that's pretty significant, given what you're yeah. paying Lyle Collins and what he did there at left tackle, to say, we're going to sit you, Dak, while we go on the road and play this NFC team, but we believe in you, Cooper Rush. 
You know, I, I just I looking kind of a and then the fact like J Rod Curse, we're gonna literally give you the dot. You know, not late in Vander as she's Michael done it Gallup, before. We're gonna let Cedric Wilson go another couple weeks. But I think those those small things start to add up. So when I talked earlier in the season, I don't know what Mike has done to contribute to the success of this team. I think we're beginning to see some of those things. Absolutely, show up. and we've been talking about them every show. This one, we get to talk about some things that didn't work, and that's okay too. All I'm saying is McCarthy needs to understand what kind of game he's in. Uh, I can speak, I won't mention their name, my college team has a very aggressive head coach who goes forward on fourth down. He doesn't care where the hell the ball is on the field. He's not going to do it against a team that's ranked number four in the country. He's going to show arrogance and do it to a lesser team. And he needs to be careful. And all I'm saying is McCarthy might have just taken the approach that Denver's a middling 500 team. Averaging 19.6 points right. a game. And and he got caught by it. But the stats tell you that, right? That, like The sure. stats are telling sure. you right. to go for it there. Yeah, and and then he had the little war with, with Fangio, said that, well, other teams haven't played him the right way, and, and I'm in charge of that, so of course we did. And then McCarthy says, boy, nice of him to get a little carried away with himself there. So we go into blueprint talk now? Yeah, you want to go to blueprint? <laughs> Let, let, let's go to Dak talk first okay. and then Blueprint, okay? Uh, Dak, fighting, fighting, fighting onward when they're down 30 to nothing on their final two possessions. Uh, let's mash that up. Where are we on that, Jory? Look, if you're going to tell us during training camp we're saving Dak from Dak, why did you not save Dak from Dak in the fourth quarter? Yes. I, I think that if I were Dak, I'd feel the same way. I want to be out there. I want to be out there every play. I want to be doing everything. And it's the coach's job to say no. Like, you're coming off all of these injuries. There's a reason we didn't play you last week and it's not worth it. Or at the very least, maybe one of those two series with adjusted play calls. But when he's, like, keeping it for the two-point conversion at that point in the game, I just don't believe that your confidence in that moment is going to carry over to the next game that intently. And I will end that by saying... I forgot what I was going to say, so I'll just end that. <laughs> <laughs> Sign that for me. Yeah. Pretend like it's your book. I tend to agree. It's it's like, <laughs> it's yeah. Can I get a signed copy to it? Yeah, no it's it's like the fourth downs calls. Like if it works, then it's it's the right decision. If he were to get hurt in that situation, right. mm-hmm. my God, can you imagine what the reaction would be to that? Oh God! I you know look, he was healthy enough to play in the game. He looked fine running around more than he needed to because of the pressure. But yeah, I thought. They would keep him in the game until they scored and save the shutout. Because you don't, what was it going to be, the first shutout at home since 91 or something uh, like that? It was significant. Nobody wants that. Players <laughs> don't want it. Coaches don't want it. It's like 30 years. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised that they kept Dak in after that. I agree with all everything that you guys are saying. I think that was particularly because of the offensive line. And like I said, the fact that he was running for his life in that game. I just didn't understand why you run the risk of injury. And to Jory's point, I understand Dak's perspective, but it doesn't add up when you're like, you're keeping him out of the preseason to make sure he's fully healed. You keep him out of the Minnesota game, even though he was barking at you to play. I mean, that guy was, I don't care what anyone said that week. I had heard that they had told players, even as early as on Saturday, Cooper Rush, your guy. Dak, in his mind, had not had his mind made up. No. But you don't have to be a hero, Dak, either. And I think sometimes Dak feels like he has to be. And that's the one thing that makes him great. And that's why so many people follow him in that locker room. But that would have been a situation where you're like, you know what? We didn't win the battle, but we'll win the war. This is what I love about what we do in media. Because I loved it. I'm against all three of you on this. Why? And I will turn this on you. What would it have looked like, down 30 to nothing, for Dak to quit? He's, he's not, not quitting. quitting. No, I'm just out. saying he's not on the field and you're running Cooper Rush out there. The, what, the, I think people would have gone like this. That is smart. Oh, A lot of football left to play. Why is Dak any more that important shows, than Zach Martin? You're right. If you had no postseason <laughs> goals, you keep Dak in there. I think taking him out would have been a sign, like it was when they held him out of the Vikings game, that they believe in their postseason and are trying to think big picture instead of just in that moment. Two, and not two many points. of us had a problem with two, two them points, sitting though. him. I would have sat him this week, too, Honestly, even though he's ready to go. Two points. The NFL is famous for this. You start a game, you're finishing it. It's very rare 
that players come off the field. Even if you're losing 37 to nothing, the starting quarterback will go out the last possession. They don't bench people in the NFL by result, which is wonderful. I love that. You start the fight. You finish the fight because Dak is no different than the other ten guys out there. He is. I though. disagree. Well, how I much mean, money has he made? What's his injury? Look at last season. Zach makes hey, a lot of money. Hang on, Steve. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You said a few weeks ago the Achilles heel of this team is if he were to get hurt <laughs> and miss time. Well, he, so he he does ding, mean ding, you ding. don't ever play Quite for injury bit. once they're on the field. You don't ever you don't ever let it enter your mind. And Amari I, Cooper periodically pulls himself out of the game to manage his. That's injuries. one of my problems with Amari, but it's we'll discuss that smart. another day. But, Steve has a problem with someone that's shocking. <laughs> no, but here's the second point. It is McCarthy's right. He's right. They needed it. They needed Why? it. Okay, what would you be saying right now if Dak got hurt and was out the next four Very games? Very unfortunate. What moral oh. vi- and what moral victory do you get from 16 points in garbage time? And what how mentally soft are you that you need that series to have confidence the okay. next week? Yeah, we know a shutout or 30-16 is get, get all, in, it's all bad. Get inside Dak's head for a minute. I, we agree you, that no. Dak wait a minute. Wait, yeah, you, you know what a competitor he is. You're going to tell him that the rest of his team's going out there and they're getting beat thirty to nothing, and he's going to go get coddled over Stephen here. Stephen Jones is he's not doing us. You've got to protect him from himself. Amari and CD already off. They're yeah, yeah. Okay, Zeke, so. Zeke stayed in, but not everybody. Yeah, and the line stayed in. So like, correct? I think so. Zach was in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but not everybody. Not the whole starting yeah. offense was in there. Like. If you're trying to get reps with important guys, I wish Malik Turner the best. I think that he, my dad is extremely excited about what he did last week and asked me, asked me this morning what's going to happen with Malik this week. So there's interest there. That said, I don't think that we're building chemistry among your starters by Dak throwing two touchdowns to Malik. Right. Well, I do think it is a bit of, you know, I, I hate to use phrases like this. It's a bit of an old school mentality. Once you start the fight, you finish it. Maybe it's an NFL thing, like you said. The yeah. NBA, but you they finish do this the, the fight at the end of the season. But, Again, it, yeah. to me, it's like but if you lost is, the battle, but you don't have to lose the war. But if he's up, he's up. And he was up. He played the game, so he stays in the game. Now, that's kind of the way the NFL does it. But I, I like what they gained in those two possessions. But you know what you they could have gained also gained a little is, face. You could gain meaningful playing time for <laughs> Cooper Rush. It doesn't hurt to have a backup quarterback with with live true. experience. That's true too. So you could have actually gained something meaningful. From I just, and what I, would that have done for the team if he was able to score again? Yeah. And you're and you're sitting there going, you know what? We're creating depth at these positions. I love the warrior na- nature of it with Dak, though. I applaud it. I'm going that a boy, Dak. You get out there and finish no, this. But there's no doubt in any of our mind that would. But I think it just goes back to managing. Your players, yeah. because of what you said the week before, I think a lot of us agreed that it was a good decision to sit Dak in Minnesota. I would have just applied the same logic okay. at the end of that I, game. Not because I, if Tyron Smith was playing in that game, I would have been like, let it, let it, let it go. But look how many times he was sacked and under pressure just in the fourth quarter. Um, all right, you're dying to get to the blueprint. You wrote pressure. about it on the website today in your three and out segment. So let's get to the blueprint idea um, and a couple of other. Did, did we even think they could look this bad? And does it affect us thinking that they're a Super Bowl contender now? No. All that's next on Media Mash. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag and Turf, Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Welcome back to Media Mash. We've got Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Man, we're so happy to have her whenever she can schedule it. So, same with Jory Epstein with USA Today, who is signing her book in Washington, D.C. on a flight at 6 a.m. this morning. Nice effort. She Can't, made time for you. Well, she came to the star and did her did her job. She's here. finishing the fight, Steve. Yes, yeah, she is finishing the fight. Yeah, don't pull me out of the game. She could, <laughs> she could have been held out for a I'm day. I'm good. Bench me. <laughs> and of course, Rob Phillips with Cowboys Media, uh, the fabulous work he does. I heard you're working on. Well, I can't say that. Never yeah, mind. You can't say. I, don't I can't know what say you're about that. To say, but yeah, don't say I can't say it. Yeah, almost did. Almost did. Almost threw it right out there. See, I sometimes. Um, all right, you wrote on the website today, and you're three and out about the blueprint. Everybody's talking about the blueprint. I think it's funny. Uh, what exactly is the blueprint? The Cowboys just play as bad collectively as they possibly can. <laughs> that that's the blueprint Atlanta's hoping for. What what is the blueprint? I Rob? put I put blueprint in air quotes because I'm tired of hearing the word blueprint. Um, I look, they can't play this poorly and can and expect to go to the Super Bowl. They they cannot, and and some of it is what Denver did to them, but. I'll just say this. Vic Fangio is a great coach. He's a great defensive mind, but the match man coverage is not the first time Dak Prescott has seen that. That That is not something completely foreign and new to him. To Jane's point, there were other factors, I think, that allowed Denver to play that as well as they did. Namely, Tyron Smith not being in the game. Denver got consistent pressure with a four-man rush. You do that, you can beat the best quarterbacks in the game. That has not been something that the Cowboys have allowed a lot of this season. And so I think you have to put that into effect when you think about, oh, they found a way to beat the Cowboys. I don't know if that's the case. I think most teams, it requires a lot of great communication and talent and discipline to play that matchman zone uh, coverage. And not every team can do it. And I think if most teams, if they're going to gamble playing man coverage against this offense, I think it's going to cause some problems. And I think the Cowboys are going to have success. That's why you hear multiple guys saying, yeah, bring it. I, I, I want to see more man coverage. That's fine with us. Pick the poison. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, I, I do think that the Cowboys could have gotten themselves a little bit more help uh, with Zeke up front, uh, utilize the tight ends a little bit better. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a little bit more of that this week. I think it also helps that – you're playing an Atlanta Falcons team who has literally the lowest sack uh, in the league right now. So they have a really hard time getting pressure up front, whereas I think the Cowboys have only allowed 14 tied for second in the league. I think was what I was looking at. So defensively, I think that this team is going to be a little bit easier. And you've got to think Dan Quinn, who spent six seasons there, fired after five years, uh, when he said we've got to worry about our we've got stuff to worry about this week versus the memory lane. I believe that, you know, that gives them a little extra motivation, a little extra sauce. Um, This Falcons team has certainly turned the corner, but I just don't, I just, I tend to think that the Cowboys beat themselves more than the Broncos beat them. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think, for so many games, we were like, it's almost easy to forget that Demarcus Lawrence isn't here and that Michael Gallup isn't here and that, I guess at one point, L. Collins isn't here because guys were rising around them. In this game, it was like, we could have used Demarcus to set the edge. Like They needed a reliable Jeep there to Michael Gallup. And don't forget Gallimore. Yeah, Gallup. I mean, Osa's done, I, th- I think Osa's done a really good True, job True, but he, he may be able to help some against the run. Yeah, he'll help, but I think that that one was less specific to this game. And I think it was a reminder, like, some of these things 
make a difference in the game plan, and the, and the Broncos did a really good job exploiting that. I think one thing that's interesting, and I don't have the data in front of me, was how Dak has been so good against the Blitz this season, and mm. they chose not to do that. And I almost, it's like one of those things where, like, sometimes the hard things are easier or than the easier situations, and I think that the Broncos kind of reversed that, and they're like, okay, if he's great in what should be a more difficult situation, let's not try him on that. I think when you're talking about a blueprint, and this is why I like your, your work today uh, on DallasCowboys.com, and go read it, everybody. Thank you, Steve. Uh, because you, you pointed out the two areas. If I were to ask the question, okay, what do you think from this game sticks? Or what are you worried sticks about this performance? And I think you nailed it. It, It's stopping the run. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're talking about Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams, who have been a duo all year. Very uh, mediocre. They're averaging 100 yards a game together, and they go for 190. And Cordell Patterson's going to be a tough one to defend against this week. And you've got Kyle Pitts to think about uh, offensively. But if you want to talk about ground game, Cordell Patterson's had a year. Well, and he he actually catches the ball more than he runs it. I mean, he's, but he's he, your hybrid. He right. does both he, for you. He is a, he's a running back who's playing wide receiver. They, and they well, yeah, they create a ton of mismatches with yeah. with Patterson. And Pitts is not a tight end. He's a wide receiver who lines up up by the sideline yeah. more than yeah. he does. To he's an edge player. Yeah. But but and called him a your, your other point was the other thing that could stick is what Jane's been talking about this entire hour. And that is what is the offensive line going to be without Tyron? And it, it could be a reality uh, for who knows how many games going forward. And the offensive line, now I think it was it – was, uh, accentuated by the fact that Dak had an awful game for him. Usually Dak can figure out some things and make the offensive line look better even when it's playing poorly. And he didn't do that in this game. Now, the, the lack of possessions had a lot to do with it. Dak couldn't get into a rhythm. Anytime you've only got the ball for 18 minutes in a football game, your offense is going to struggle in getting a rhythm. And that's why the fourth down tries hurt you yeah. double yeah. and and the drops hurt you double because you're ending six or let's see that would be four or five of the eight possessions you did it and uh but anyway what do you guys think sticks right, sticks about this performance or concerns you that could rear its ugly head again when it matters later and leave the offensive line and the run game out of it because rob already took those anything else is there something about this game that you're afraid you will see again or cowboys nation should be afraid that they will see again when it matters later i just think again going back to their body of work this season i have a lot of faith that we're not going to see that type of game out of them again this year Old takes exposed. Come for me if if I'm wrong. I just I oh don't I think e- you're right. It was so bad that <laughs> <laughs> I just there may e- be a bit of it somewhere. I just don't expect them to play that sort of game. But I just keep going back to the offensive line. They have got to figure that situation out because I what concerns me about Tyron Smith is we had some injuries popping up in camp. We started to see some of the injuries last season and the year before. That left side has sort of been a problem for them every time he's gotten injured. That's the area I think that could rear its head and hurt them moving forward if they don't figure out something to not replace Tyron, but at least be serviceable. Here's the other part of that, too. I'm sorry, real quick, just to piggyback on that, is that he's day-to-day, week-to-week right now, whatever you want to call it. We'll see if, you know, they're going to have to prepare to play without him this week again. We'll see if he could find a way to get get back up in the lineup this week. If not, the bottom line is they got the rest of this month, they got four games and. 18 days something like that it's a tricky schedule that's a that's a lot of to ask him to try to play on a bad ankle so how do they how do they manage that i'm curious to see and it's not just the ankle it's the bone spurs i think that are the problem that are contributing to all of this and so it's a little bit more complicated than you know he's going to kind of sort this way this thing out because i mean we're, we're dealing with all sorts of calf and ankle injuries on this team um i just don't i think this one's going to be a little bit of a lingering one well maybe they go back to considering Terrence back to right tackle and Lyle maybe. I don't know. Left I, th- I think that Lyle is going to be that much stronger at left tackle. I, I, I think that he's. Terrence a p- at least has been getting the practice reps in the league. Right. I'm, I'm not saying he's tiring and he knows that and he's doing his best, but 
I think that this decision is not just about wanting the best at right tackle. I think it's there are questions in the organization about what L after not practicing at left tackle and years can do it. Well, position. your swing tackle is supposed to be able to play both. If 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 Terrence can't, uh, I would have more faith in a Pro Bowl type talent like Lyell to maybe figure it out and help your team more. They might also feel like the younger second-year guy is doing everything he can to prove his worth to the organization and might be a little bit more highly motivated to excel on the left side as opposed to Lyell, who chooses the right, wants the right, no different than Zach Martin, who doesn't want to switch to the other side. I'm not saying that he purposely wouldn't be great at that position, but you kind of want to be a mass. You want to. You don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. And he's sort of been the master at his particular position. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they feel like Terrence just might be more motivated on that side. Do we see Ty and Secchi? I, I I haven't gotten a lot of great reviews about him from inside the building, but I know that he's a guy that they've at least kicked around. And he's played left tackle for them. It's interesting. I, I don't know if they'd want to hurt Terrence's confidence. It's it's just to say Tyron doesn't play this week. Let's just right. say that. I don't know if they'd want to switch. I think McCarthy did something last week he doesn't normally do, and that's change out two spots. So I think for Con- Isn't that funny? He told us that he wasn't going to yeah. do that stuff. I know, right? And so even if it's short-term continuity, if Tyron misses another game or two, whatever it is, keep that continuity and just keep – Keep the t- tackles the way you got it, and hopefully they build together over the next week, however long you need it. I'm with you. I tend to think that they're going to stick with what they went with last week and just hope an extra week of practice. And, yeah. you know, Tyron's been really good at mentoring these guys uh, in the offensive line room. If you, if you, I mean, even if going back, if you talk about Joe Looney and Travis Frederick, I got to think Tyron's spending a lot of time with these guys if he can't go. And so maybe yeah, an extra asked, week helps them. I asked Terrence about that last week, and he was talking about the nuggets that Tyron was giving him at practice. And I was like, I, one of the reasons I told him, I was like, look, we hear a lot about Tyron's physicality, his athleticism. Zeke called him, I think he said last week, that he looks like an action figure, plays like a superhero. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, but tell us about like how well he has mastered that game. And that's a really big deal in terms of how this line is working together. I think what I think about, and we referenced earlier the Cowboys-Falcons game in 2017 that Jerry has referred to as the Bernie of Atlanta, Chad Green in there, all of the sacks for Dak. And one of the things that the coaching staff got knocked for in that game was just not making adjustments. So no one expects you to be able to replace Tyron Smith with another player. It's extremely hard to find one, much less two of those in the NFL. But give him a little bit of help if he's not all the way there. Like, he's doing some good things, and I think he'll do even more this week. But have more tight ends there. Have Zeke chipping more. Like, consider which direction your run plays are going if you think that that's a problem. And and just do something, because like you were saying about Dak under duress, coming off the injuries, even if it's not conscious, make it so Dak shouldn't have to be thinking about whether he's got that protection on the left side. Yeah, you can't, uh, no matter how good Tyron is, this team is too good for your left tackle being out to ruin your offense. Right. And yeah. and that that could be the thing that is going to be stuck in everybody's heads. Okay, they, they couldn't run it or pass it. They couldn't get first downs. They they couldn't possess the ball. Uh, you you run into the good teams later. When it all matters, man, are you just hoping Tyron's going to be there? No, you have to have a contingency plan if he's not. Well, and, and, he, and here's on. one thing, too. The Falcons, because I was doing some research on them, they are one of the worst at defending against quick passes. Dak Prescott is one of the best in the league. So the key here is to give him at least the protection there in that cuz what what is this drop back time? I forgot it was I mean it's like third best in the league. Oh yeah, I'm not if sure. If he can just get the ball out quick, they've struggled. I think the one thing I'm keeping an eye on is Dante Fuller has come back from his knee injury mm-hmm. and they've done a pretty good uh, job up front uh I guess if you want to call it that, but lowest Lowest sack rate. Yeah, Fowler's been gone for five games, hasn't he? But he's returned to practice this week. Now they're saying that doesn't mean anything, but Dante Fowler could give you some fits. If it it means giving him more help to that left side, then that's what they got to do. And they'll figure that out. Uh, The offense is too good. But let me ask this, and then we got you got to go walk out in the rain, Jane, like you feared, uh, because I just heard. You do me no favor. (laughs) I just heard thunder. Um, Jory, are they still a Super Bowl contender in your mind, even though they played that badly against? Denver. I mean, look at last week. What was it? The Rams, the Bills, the Cowboys, I guess, what, the Packers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, 
teams are losing. It's going to happen. You're not going to go undefeated. You're going to be better for it. You are still a Super Bowl contender. I think it's just a reminder things aren't as perfect as they might have seemed with the perception a week ago. And that's a good thing because now you're more aware of what your weaknesses are, how teams will exploit them, and now you go fix it, and that's exciting. Robert? I do. I think so. I think the NFC is really deep and talented, and it's going to be a, a fun playoffs, but I think they're in the mix. In part, we know about the offense, and they're not going to be this bad again. I don't believe that. Defensively, I mentioned it earlier, they're they're young, they're inexperienced, they've been banged up, but yet they're they're still ascending. They're, they, I mean, this last game notwithstanding, you see the progress, and I think they're really well coached. They're going to get some guys back, and that's maybe a big reason why at the end of this thing, they're going to be in the mix. Slater, Jane. For me, it always goes back to the mindset of this group. I've got so much confidence in, in these guys, and I didn't last year. I thought they were really mentally weak last year. There's a lot of give up. I have. I mean, think how many times that these guys have had the game, final possession, uh, penalties up against, you know, backs up against the wall early in the game and the way that they've come out swinging. So for me, it's not only the talent and the youth of this group, it's their mental makeup and their mental mindset. And again, I was just covering that Saints-Bucks game. Tom Brady throws his first pick six and regulation against a a hampered uh, Saints team inside the Dome. It was so loud. It was like a playoff atmosphere. So some of your best teams are going to have bad weeks. I don't think one game defines you. If they lose to the Falcons this week, then I think we're having a different conversation on Media Mash. I agree with all three of you. Uh, The only thing I would worry about is the idea that they're acting like they've arrived. And, Since and, when? No, Steve, you're no, no, no. Uh, that, that is We a, had the same conversation about Amari what? Cooper's comments. That is and a fair about statement. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That is a yeah. fair statement. As soon as a team sort of acts like they've already arrived, which is what McCarthy has been worried about since the success but started. But he hasn't been worried about it. He has been, mentioned it. He has mentioned, mentioned it because I'm, he's taken teams the distance. Hey, Can you tell us who you think is acting like they've no, just, arrived? No, just kind of collectively. They're a young, hungry just team. But who They've got a lot of youth, uh, and when you when you show up and forget to tackle, when you show up and make drops, One when game. you show up and every single thing that you do so easily, you're not doing. It, it, that's the only fear I would have. I agree with all of you. There's still to self, never have a bad day on the show because Steve no doesn't doubt. allow for mistakes. This, <laughs> hey, hey, guys, this was Denver. There's not a Cowboys fan out there that <sighs> thought the cow, this Cowboys team could look that bad. And not no one s- thought they could look that good against a Minnesota team on the road at the backup quarterback. Oh, I did. So it's a wash. I thought Cooper, Cooper oh, could start fresh with Atlanta. Sure I did. I wanted to see Cooper rush in that game, remember? Last week. I said, let's see them. They'll be fine. Uh, it's different. This is just so on brand for you. It's just different. It's so on brand. No, it, it's, Steve is overconfident enough that he believes he can it is the very, Cowboys. It is very fair to throw that out. Don't act like you've arrived. Go back to work. But you're gonna Stay ha- hungry. You're going to have to show me who has made you feel like they've arrived. Well, the result shows you. The result. One game. That the result could show you. I think the fan base thinks it's arrived. Agreed. But that doesn't mean the players or coaches are acting. All right. Well, then don't don't show up like this again. Okay. Okay. Why don't we reserve judgment for this weekend? Well, it'll be it'll be ten more of them, right? Ten, nine, nine more of them. Yeah, I think until judge it every week uh, until further notice, it was a hiccup. Now see what happens Sunday at noon. And and let's know. also understand that Rob's going to be such a good. Oh, you are going to continue to be such a good dad. Let's oh, well, thank you. Let's also talk about what we're talking about here in terms of expectation level. We've seen how good this team can be. We thought they were pretty good in 2018 until the Rams ran right over them. So you're looking at things. Big picture down the road. Is this team going to be a defense that a good team can run for 190 yards? Yeah, no. So well, it, it certainly it, helps yeah. when the Rams keep uh, stacking their roster with guys like Von Miller and the. I mean, sometimes I wonder how many picks they've given up. Where do they find this cap space? They've gotten real. They're really leveraging their future, in my opinion. But. No, yeah, they're all in. It's, that, it's wild to me. Boy, Denver missed. And Vaughn, that could didn't be they? another conversation we could have. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. But that's why it's complimentary, Steve, because yeah. it, it that defense needs look, the offense controlling the time of possession, yeah. getting leads, 
that helps the defense. It wasn't that. Now, the defense did a great job in a tight game against Minnesota. It didn't work out this way, but that's why I think it's going to take all three phases to quote Jason Garrett to yeah. get this thing it's done. Still a and I think that's a huge a point process. is that one of the reasons we forget that this defense isn't quite a finished product is because they're playing from ahead, because opposing offenses have had to do a certain way. They haven't been able to run as much. And then you start to see what happens. So I think it's just a good reminder of, hey, Dan Quinn, here's where we could work. Well, out. last time you were on the show, you you were concerned about the big plays the defense was giving up. What did they Which give up? I, six of them in yeah, this Yeah, I think game? six, six play, plus six 20. plays six plays for plays. like 100. What in, was that? 100 game. Yeah. We have six explosive runs, but including the 44-yard passing touchdown and all of that, I think their six longest plays went for 179 yards, which is like 29.8 mm. yards per play. And the rest of the plays, like 63 of them, were three point four. We're nothing. Yeah. Minute. And that's something to keep an eye on. But we will. We'll be here tomorrow. We will. Tomorrow we've got Steve will. He's Steve tracking. Back. We've got matches. <laughs> He's got Mashota his eye on the Cowboys. Man. Tomorrow night. Chill. I saw Chill. He was all down on his dauber that he wasn't on today. But he'll be on tomorrow. <laughs> Poor Chill. He bought his dad what, what, a hat in the shop. What Aww. was that? Down on his down on his dauber. What is does that, that mean? Is that not a good phrase? I've never heard. I've it. never heard it. Either. You never heard being down on your dauber. How old are you, Steve? That's that's kind of means that you're you know kind of kind of the way the Cowboys played. What's anyway, a dauber? <laughs> down on your dauber. Uh, we want to thank the rookie. Chris Beam, he's been here 24 years, <laughs> still the rookie. Uh, thanks, Beamer, uh, and thank all of you in Cowboys Nation for listening, and thank you guys for letting me chat Cowboys for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow at four o'clock. Bye. 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 This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!